Hey, sweetheart. Let's get ready to chat about some Dark Horse comics. Wait, Dark Horse? That's new for us. Well, it's a Patreon request. I figured it would be fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it ought to be a good time. Is is there anything you wanted to do after we finished up? It might not take too long. Well, I've been thinking, and I figured I really wanted to watch a Criterion movie. That logo, the excellent quality, those amazing special features. It's just exactly what I want to do with an evening with you. Wait, really? Absolutely. I just want to take in some cinema. You want to watch a Criterion Collection movie? Hmm. Uh, okay, sure. We definitely should. Oh, and you know what else could be fun? If we ordered some wings to go with it. Oh, yeah, you love wings. What kind should we get? I'll put it in order. I want... What's the really spicy kind? I, I want it so spicy that I cry just a little. I, I'm talking intense pepper flavor here. I want something that'll make me go, whew. Really spicy wings. You? The spicier, the better. I love the burn. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, is this because of the crossover? Are you being swapped with someone else from an idyllic farm community, and now you're taking on characteristics much like them? I know this has been happening a lot recently, and- Nope. Still me. I'm Christy Rose in the flesh. It's just 2021, baby. New year, new me. New year, new you, huh? Yeah. I'm also crushing it at makeup every single day. It's not all about stuff you like. Your makeup has been amazing recently, I have to admit. Okay, no body swaps, no time travel, just 2021 Christy. Exactly. Well, are you ready to talk about comics? No. What? Kidding. That's never going to change. Yes. I'm Christina Edelman. And I'm Chris Edelman. And this is Chris's on Infinite Earth. The podcast where nothing will ever be the same. Welcome, readers, to our Patreon-requested episode covering Black Hammer slash Justice League, Hammer of Justice. This is going to be our first technically published by Dark Horse comic. It is. Uh, while we have a DC superhero team... It is is not a, a DC book. Yeah, have you? So I think we mentioned this before. Marvel does not play nice. Mm-hmm. I think we talked about this the last time we had a team up with the, Batman and Turtles. I think and uh, the Looney Tunes. And those are both Warner, owned by Warner Brothers. That's oh, not. okay. Yeah, so that wasn't as much of a stretch. But yeah, Batman and Turtles. Yeah. So they they love doing this stuff. That was an IDW crossover. Mm-hmm. But they will definitely just cross over with like who ever. Whereas Marvel's like we will cross over with us. Yes. Yes. Uh DC has also done a crossover with the Hanna-Barbera characters. But again, also owned by Warner Brothers as far as I remember. <laughs> Okay. But they love doing stuff like that. Marvel doesn't do anything cute like that. I guess I say that. There was somewhat recently a Punisher-Archie crossover. Okay. Who publis- publishes Archie? Archie. Oh. Archie Comics publishes Archie. I don't think I realized that was its own distinct thing. Yeah. Who? What else did they publish? Sabrina. That's all I can think of right now, but I know there's more. Okay. Yeah. Neat. 
Yep, Archie Comics. I thought that could have been a fun bit if I would have planned it. You'd have been like, who publishes Archie? And I'd be like, Archie. You'd be like, yeah, but who publishes Archie? Oh, <laughs> uh, a little bit of who's on first. Yep. Uh, Abin Costello, eat your hearts out. It's Chris and Christy time. Yeah. <laughs> Doing it right. Doing it right. On a Friday night. This is a weird night to record for us, but we're going for it. Yeah. Normally we're partying a lot. So, so much partying. So much, so much partying. I mean, actually, we've had some pretty swell Friday nights in COVID times. That's true. I just wouldn't define it as like partying. I would. They're virtual parties. They're virtual parties. Yeah. You only have to look good from the waist up. It's great. I never want to go back. (laughs) Pants are for squares. (laughs) I would be remiss beforehand to mention that this was a Patreon request by Sam Smith. And thank you, Sam. Yeah, thank you, Sam. I had a lot of fun reading this. Yeah. A lot of times crossovers are mediocre. And this one was pretty fun. Mm -hmm. Before we get into the summary for our pretty fun crossover... We have an iTunes review. (gasps) We do have an iTunes review. To shout out. So, I'm going to spell this out. H-E-D-J-S-J-W-H-D-J-R-H-D says, good, with three thumbs up. Great pod. I love listening to it to get in a good laugh or to find new comics to read. Delightful. Another five-star review. Thank you very much. H-E-D-J-S-J-W-H-D-J-R-H-D. I want to try it phonetically. <laughs> Christy trying some uh, some ASMR. I've actually never, like, consumed any ASMR. So, I, I, I mean, if I did it, I wouldn't know. You might just be ASMRing all the time. Now that you say that, I'm questioning... <laughs> Do I? I Do I always say something? Probably not. Probably not. (laughs) All right. Well, are we ready to get into the summary? Summary. Black Hammer Justice League, Hammer of Justice. Written by Jeff Lemire, art by Michael Walsh, lettered by Nate Pikos and Blambot, edited by Michael McAllister, Daniel Chabon, Chuck Howitt, and Brett Israel. Issue 1. The Black Hammer Crew, Abraham Slam, Barbalian, Talkie Walkie, Golden Gale, Colonel Weird, and Dragonfly are once again trying to escape their pastoral prison of Rockwood when a strange man comes calling, wanting to buy their farm. Meanwhile, the Justice League, in this case Superman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Batman, and Cyborg, are fighting Starro yet again when the same stranger approaches Diana. Said man vaguely threatens both groups with a trip. The Black Hammer crew so they can get off the farm, and the Justice League so they can relax. And then poof, the Black Hammer gang is in the city. But not their city, as Gale can't transform back into her normal form. Oh, and Starro is still there. Uh Uh-oh. And then back on the farm, Bruce tries to construct a machine made from tractor parts to leave the farm, while Clark wants his tractor put back. But Diana walks in, telling them to accept that after ten years, this is their home now. But Colonel Weird had disappeared prior to the switch, and is floating through space, only to be found by the Green Lantern Corps. Issue 2. 
Bruce sits in his truck at night listening for crime and is accosted by the local sheriff for trying to do vigilante stuff. Clark has a tiff with him when he returns as Bruce reprimands him for just accepting their circumstances. Back in the DC universe, the Black Hammer folks fight off Starro. Somewhat poorly, before Martian Manhunter, Hawkgirl, and Aquaman show up pretty miffed that their friends are gone and replaced by some yahoos. Back in space, Colonel Weird zips away from the Green Lanterns before ending up on Bizarro World, where there are now Bizarro versions of his own pals. Jon Stewart rescues him and asks him if he knows about the Black Hammer folks and where the Justice League has gone. Colonel Weird doesn't, but it's time to go to the between-dimensional Parazone. At the farm, Cyborg meditates too static, cooped up because the neighbors would freak out if they saw him. Diana and he commiserate over their circumstances, but also the Flash, who died years ago? Issue number three. Martian Manhunter, Hawkgirl, and Aquaman interrogate the Black Hammer crew, but obviously to us, no helpful information is gained. Gail is pretty thrilled with their current circumstances, being off the farm, and even though Abraham wants them to comply for now, Gail busts through the roof of their confinement cell. Cyborg checks in on Bruce, who is still trying to build his escape gizmo. However, Cyborg points out that he doesn't have the right materials, which frustrates the heck out of Bruce. They dig through the junk pile where they happen to find a deactivated talkie-walkie. Cyborg activates him. Colonel Weird and Green Lantern float through the Parazone, where we see the Black Hammer introduction story, as well as The Stranger in Shadow, and the Justice League's first moments on the farm. We see how Batman told the Flash to scout around, and he accidentally runs into the barrier of the town. However, instead of dying like the titular Black Hammer did, he zips into the Parazone and joins our space duo. However, they're now pretty lost. Gail is confronted on a rooftop by Zatanna, who is drawn to Gail by her strange, different magic. Gail tells Zatanna about how her magic word doesn't work here, the one to transform her back to her real self, but Zatanna says it backwards, and Gail is transformed back to her 60-year-old self. Issue 4. Barbalian, Abraham, and Dragonfly likewise escape from their prison, where they are quickly teleported to Zatanna and Gale. Zatanna is going to try to smooth things over with Martian Manhunter, but the specter suddenly appears, upset with this outsider magic. As happens in crossovers, it devolves into fighting, and the specter threatens Gale with a reckoning. The Farm League chats with Talkie Walkie, and he confirms that they've only been on the farm for a few days rather than ten years. This starts to kind of make sense to everyone, and Wonder Woman grabs his lasso of truth and wraps it around Superman, causing him to remember the entire truth. Back in strange outer space, Colonel Weird is eaten by a strange alien whale, and the Flash and Green Lantern leap in after him. The interior of said whale, though, is a mansion where the stranger awaits. It doesn't take long for him to reveal his true self. It's Mr. Mitzet's Pitlick. The Farm League approaches the edge of the town where Talkie malfunctions and they are attacked by skeleton dragons? Sure, why not? Mr. Mitzet's Pitlick revels in the chaos, but promises to put everyone back on one condition. Everything goes back exactly to normal, including Golden Gale. Issue 5. Green Lantern, Colonel Weird, Flash, and Mitzitz Pidlick arrive in Metropolis and explain the whole deal. Gale is definitely not wanting to go back, and Mitzitz Pidlick poofs the specter because he's no fun. 
Meanwhile, the Justice League fights the Magic Beasties, and Mitzitz Pitlick shows it on screens in Metropolis, adding some dire need to do this quickly. Gale says the magic word to transform back into Golden Gale, but still doesn't want to go back. Her friends remind her of the townspeople that need their help back in Rockwood, and she eventually agrees, but Flash wants to come too. The heroes all team up in Rockwood to beat up the monsters, when it turns out they were conjurings of Dragonfly to protect her shack out in the woods. She fixes the whole town with magic, and both teams go to the farm to have some tasty dinner. Abe gives a toast to both teams, but in the Parazone, Mr. Mitzitz Pitlick lurks, having tricked Colonel Weird into giving him access to the Parazone. What mischief will come next? All right, sweetheart. So we already mentioned a little bit uh, before the summary that that we enjoyed this crossover, that it was pretty fun. I liked it, yeah. Uh, so have you... I know I... We all know I haven't had any exposure to Black Hammer before this, but this was, was this your first time reading Black Hammer? I'd read the first trade. Okay. It is a 13 issue story with an annual and then kind of a sequel series that has slightly, it's like Black Hammer Age of Doom or something. Okay. But I read the, the first like five issues or something. Okay. I mean, they seem like kind of a fun team. Yeah. I, I, but I feel like I mostly enjoyed – I enjoyed some of their interactions with each other on the farm, but I also really enjoyed their interactions sort of as the fish out of water in the DC universe. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering how that maybe translated to how they are, like, on their own as a team. Did you find it, like, really entertaining? Because I really enjoyed them in this. I found the first trade of Black Hammer to be kind of self-serious and dour. <gasps> oh, I would need to reread it, but this was a little bit more joyful. Mm-hmm. They like bicker a lot, and there's lot they like swear a lot and stuff in the trades, mm-hmm. which is was kind of like joked at here. Mm-hmm. The guy who wrote Black Hammer and like conceptualized it wrote this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff Lemire. Um, Jeff Jeff is odd for me. A lot of people love like are like big Jeff heads. Mm-hmm. They're not called that. I just call them Jeff heads. Yeah. yeah, I imagine nobody would want to call themselves that. <laughs> Have you ever heard that Donny Cates has a fan club called the called the Devil's Advocates? That's a stretch, guys. Oh, it, that's a real one. I'm not even making that one up. Like Jeff heads. Anyway, so the. Uh, the uh, the 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 Jeff Lemire. There's people who like love everything he puts out. Like I've just I've never quite come to him, and I don't. It's just I think it's just his style is not is not the style that I like. Mm-hmm. Um, this is maybe my favorite thing of his that I've ever read. <laughs> but it's it is different in that I I just found everybody in the in that first trade did not really like each other, mm-hmm. and they they definitely like bicker and fight a lot here. But it's just a little more fun. Mm-hmm. It them as a team kind of reminded me, sort of like a like a Doom Patrol sort of feeling to them. They, it definitely feels like a s- more silver aged team by like sort of like their 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 like pulpy sort of aesthetic. Yeah, not not necessarily the fact that they like swear and smoke and stuff, but <laughs> like Golden Gale is is if it wasn't like supremely obvious, is like a Shazam riff. Right, right. Which I have to say, I really, 
I talked about this on Twitter, but I really enjoyed that depiction of Golden Gale. So readers, Golden Gale is like a 60-year-old woman who, when she says, um, what is it? Zaphram. Zaphram. And mm-hmm. she has to say Marfaz. In, in this story. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when she says Zaphram, she transforms into this like nine-year-old girl with, with superhero powers that can like, is, is, is Golden Gale. Mm-hmm. And, th- and that's who she's stuck as on the farm. Yes. Cause the, I don't know if you really know the whole lot of the backstory. Mm-hmm. They were fighting something called the anti-god <laughs> and it just like poofed them away. Oh, yes. And they were just like, so the reason she was stuck was because she, when she was fighting, she was in the little, mm-hmm. like the the young lady form, and it just was just stuck that way. And they have been legitimately stuck in this farm for ten years. And the titular Black Hammer was a character who went with them, but he died early on because he tried to go to the edge of like their their kind of prison of Rockwood and like was like ripped to bits by like a barrier or something. Hmm. Which the humor and the way that it's done the humor of gail being a 60 year old woman trapped in the body of a nine-year-old girl it really works we talked about how off pod we talked about how if golden gail was like the body of like a 15 year old girl or something it would feel a lot more problematic and uncomfy that it is but this body of this nine-year-old girl is not sexualized except in like one variant cover where we saw somebody draw her with like like definitely at least a teenage chest which was very uncomfy for me but because she's so young any of these like out of character things like or what we would think is out of character for a nine-year-old like smoking or hitting on aquaman it's like so absurd right 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 and it's not like and anybody else is sexualizing this nine-year-old child. Yeah, like like none of these characters, even remotely, they're all like, "What? This is weird." Like, right and stuff. Right. It's like nobody's like receptive to this, and she's not drawn or costumed in a way where she's made to look like sexy as this underage girl, just because she's really sixty on the inside. Right. Yeah, there's 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 ways where people have done this before where it is way grosser. Mhm. Um and it, it's just, it's it's like a recurring joke that's kind of kind of funny. And then if I recall correctly in the original series like she hates being trapped as a kid because like for this reason like mm-hmm. imagine if you were like you know like a grown person and then you were suddenly like a kid again but you not only are you a kid you are you stay that way forever. <laughs> Right. She, like, she doesn't grow or change. Right. Even as, like, the kid. She's just, like, perma-kid. Right. Which would be incredibly frustrating. So, I mean, the, like, the, the, the dourness that you talked about in some of those interactions. Like, it, it really makes sense. I mean, they're in an awful, awful situation, which I feel like almost gets brushed under the rug a little bit like in their transition back like we must go back to the farm yeah like nobody says like this is literal hell (laughs) but like not all of them quite feel that way like Mm -hmm. abraham is is is, like resigned himself to it and he he has like someone at at, like the town that he's like in love with Mm -hmm. if i remember right i should have maybe read that whole series before we did this well he he speaks like yeah. He does. Like, there's somebody there that he cares about. Yeah, and there is. Mm-hmm. She's not in this at all, but it, that's fine. Right. But Gail, what kind of life is she going to build? She she probably has the worst life, other than maybe, like, talkie-walkie, but he was kind of a robot to begin with. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. And Dragonfly literally just hangs out by herself. If, if Again, I keep saying if I remember correctly. She was not in the first few issues. We had to sort of like be introduced to her mm. weird shack on the like the in the woods where she could be a weird witch. Yeah. But like Barbalian, he is Barbalian, Barbalian is literally a Martian Manhunter riff, which is like is lamp <laughs> is like lampooned so much. But like he he can like change himself to look like anybody mm-hmm. just like Martian Manhunter can. So mm-hmm. And I I loved the it was done just the right amount, the amount of uh, Barbalian being like, what? What? You're not a Martian to Martian Manhunter. Like, Martians aren't green. I just love when he was like, little green man, what a little stereotype. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. We kind of talked about the Looney Tunes thing. This is not unlike that Looney Tunes story. Oh, yeah. Well, we have Mr. and Mrs. Pidlick again. Yep. Now, I guess in that one, all the Looney Tunes went over to DC as opposed to the DC people going over. It wasn't like a true swap. Right. But it is, yeah, it's not unlike that. I almost wonder if that's like, you know, if you're trying to figure out who a bad guy is in like a weird time warpy story, you're like, Mr. Mitzitz Pitlick, why not? I guess. Right. probably fine. (laughs) What power is capable of causing this crossover for no reason other than their own amusement? Yeah. Uh, And I'm going to be, going to be honest, the Mr. Mitzitz Pitlick stuff for me was kind of the weakest. Mm Mm-hmm. They also like they used to draw him. He kind of looked like like a like a fun jolly little elf type guy. He looks like a, like a weird creepy monster in this. Mm-hmm. I I mean I love the art in this. The art in this is like precisely what I want from from superhero comics. It's done by M- Michael Walsh. Mm-hmm. It it's so good. It reminded me a lot of like what are some other arts that are kind of like it like. A little bit like Chris Somney. It reminds me a little bit of Sean Phillips, who does a lot of stuff with Ed Brubaker, does like comics about crime. Um, Michael Walsh did all of this. He did the colors. He did the inks. I thought there was a second person who came in on the colors with him. Ah, oh, you're right. And we should, uh, we should credit them. Color assists by Tony Marie Griffin. Mm-hmm. So picking up, picking up the color at, at, at times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but. Tony Marie also did a really good job because I didn't find any of these moments inconsistent. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean it. It was gorgeous. Yeah, it's. I'm. I feel like as I get older, I am less um, tolerant of house style for my superhero comics. I want things to be to be unique. Mm-hmm. And I felt like this. This can't have been super easy because you have to have a style that has the aesthetics of the Silver Age inspired team. That's like, like a farm that's been living on a farm and the modern justice league. Like the, these, these are not, these are supposed to have come from like, if you would have picked up a justice league comic at the time, Mm -hmm. these would have been the people in it. And I felt like they, they, like, uh, the team did a really good job. I was, I was like enchanted by this art wise. I Mm -hmm. thought it was absolutely delightful. Mm -hmm. They have, uh, in the version that we checked out on Hoopla at the end, some of just like those art process pages. Mm -hmm. And like, normally I'm like, oh, that's kind of neat, which it it, it was neat. But I was like, oh, I really enjoy like just, just seeing this, like some of like the, there was a page that I really liked with uh, Zatanna and Gail, Mm -hmm. uh, where like the Walsh talked through some of his process with the positioning of the characters and some different like stages and versions of drafts of the art. And I was like, Ooh, 
that's neat. <laughs> there are a lot of artist versions of comics. I'm like, maybe I should get you some of those so you could have some some processy stuff. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Maybe not. But yeah, it was uh, it was it was real a lot of fun in that. Um I liked that instead of just chucking all the Justice League at us at once, we kind of got them piecemeal. Yeah, yeah, because there were some that were off doing some other sort of task, so there was still some Justice League around to be like, hey, what happened to the rest of the Justice League? Right, like we, like Martian Manhunter, Hawkgirl, and Aquaman showed up a little bit later. Mm-hmm. I had to make sure it wasn't Hawkwoman. This is definitely Hawkgirl. It's like, here's the here's the B-list Justice whoa, League. Whoa, whoa. You going to talk that way about Aquaman? I mean, he doesn't have a ride at Six Flags. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wonder Woman doesn't have a ride at Six Flags. At least not at our Six Flags. No, no. I'm sure there are Six Flags where she maybe does. For a while, it was it was, it was just like Batman-themed rides, wasn't it? Batman. And we had like the Mr. Freeze. And, and there was the Joker, which was one of those. Uh-huh. Like, you know, the villains had rides and not even. Yeah. And then eventually we, we got one Superman ride. Uh-huh. Which was the, the Superman Tower, which is Christy's favorite ride of all. I love those free fall drops, guys. Yep. She's, that one's tall. It's like 200 feet tall or something. Yeah, it's very tall. Maybe not 200. It's really tall, though. It's like the tallest, it's the tallest thing in that town by like <laughs> so much. <laughs> Shout out to Eureka, Missouri. <laughs> oh, uh, a tangent that everybody is here for. Is that uh, Six Flags Talks? Six Flags Talks. Yep. Okay. Well, I guess, I guess by me calling those the, the B, that that really isn't very fair. I mean, Cyborg went to the farm, and he doesn't have a Six Flags ride. Right. He was only added into the Justice League in 2011. He was a he was a Teen Titan for for forever. Right. It was. It's I mean, an interesting. If you choice. make it to the Justice League, you've got to be a list hero, right? Yeah, but he's also on Do- the Doom Patrol show. He Just- is, which is why in my brain I was like, he's like. Low level. I don't know. In my mind, the Doom Patrol is A-list because I love them so much. <laughs> well, I think, I guess that depends on how you define your list. What I mean, makes a list? I do think that if you are calling superheroes A-list or B-list, you mean in popularity. And you don't mean like your favorite. You mean in like general popularity. So yeah, I'm kind like, of goofing. Like notoriety and, and yeah, like we haven't had. So like. Has there been Cyborg in a, any of like the Justice League movies? I haven't seen all of them. He was in Justice League, which was a movie that you and I saw together. Oh, yeah, I don't remember that. That movie was really mediocre. Um, but we are getting the Snyder Cut this year, which, uh, due to popular angry fanboy Yeah, demand, I won't remember that either if I see it. It's on. It's going to be on HBO, so <laughs> you can always watch it. Why don't I? You know, I just, I just don't have space in my brain for to remember mediocre things. For a long time, you wanted to watch Batman vs Superman because you kept, you were like, I, I was like, seen I've it. never seen it. And then eventually, you just stopped asking. I did stop asking because you kept being like, oh, it's bad. You don't want, you don't need to see it. Maybe we should, maybe I should just be like, here, just go for it. I don't know. I could watch a Criterion movie instead. That's up to you. <laughs> Chris's face readers. <laughs> did I say it just for that face? Maybe. 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 Christy also delightfully watches Criterion movies and goes, that will, was so good. I will watch whatever you put on the TV. Uh-huh. Whatever anybody puts on the TV. Our kids, like, random YouTube video. Sh- mm. I think that might be where I draw the line. Streamers. 
Ostrich. Uh, <laughs> uh. I mean, hats off to to you, like early twenties, late teens Minecraft streamers who so much entertain my child. I cannot stand you. <laughs> we only pick the ones where they don't say swears. <laughs> yep. They're just really loud and energetic and excited. I know. They're like, we're, today we're going to be talking about there. They're a whole bunch. Mm-hmm. So were there, um, were there Justice Leaguers on here? That, no, you've, you, I guess we've read comics with every single one at this point. Um, yeah, I've read, like, i read Crisis. That was They're all of them. Yeah, yeah even Zatanna them. was in Crisis. Yes. Yeah. I love Zatanna. I don't know if she has the most super defined personality that I can think of, but I do love Zatanna. She has a cool top hat. Do, you, do, she we, says do we love the idea of Zatanna? Or do we love Zatanna? Do we even know Zatanna well enough to love her? Maybe we should learn more about Zatanna. I don't know. I was sold with the outfit, so. You like the outfit? Yeah. The fishnets and the, mm-hmm. the, the coat top hat. and the hat. Yeah. I, I, sweetheart, I'm, I'm queer. I love that outfit. <laughs> It's phenomenal. <laughs> I like that when she comes in, she talks backwards to Gail, but does, isn't casting a spell. She's just talking backwards. <laughs> it is a little goofy, but it's a nice way to be like, here's Zatanna. Let's remind you of her thing in this really neat moment. Uh, there's a really cool cover of one of these issues with Zatanna and Gail, and it is just rad. It is. There's, there's some good covers. Like, I would want some of them up on my wall. Mm-hmm. So who was your favorite from the Black Hammer crew? Who was your favorite character? I like Golden Gale a lot. And I like Dragonfly a lot. Mm-hmm. She has like no patience for anything. Yes. Yes. That was enjoyable. I also like that for the most part, she hangs out in like a cloak and kind of floats around. Mm-hmm. But then at the end, she like turns into like a goth girl to be in town. Yeah. Because uh, she, she had to have like some sort of form. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Oh, I forgot about Colonel Weird. I love Colonel Weird. Colonel Weird was great. I don't know if I like fully got his thing, and I think that's what I most like loved about it. Like I got his thing, but also Well, in the story he used to be more like the his his kind of origin was he used to be a more like straightforward, like pew pew space action hero. Mm. But like if I remember correctly, the parazone like made him kind of like unstuck from time and that kind of like out there, like, hippie-ish. I just love that, like, hyper-intelligent, but really spaced out, and that seems uh, not super useful, but, like, gosh, they're smart. Chris is doing poses, like I'm talking about him, and not Colonel Weird, who's awesome. Chris is also awesome. <laughs> but he's not unstuck from from time. Am I? And- I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> write me, write me, like, get unstuck from time and write me a message on my laptop right now. So when I open it, there's going to be a message from you saying, this is Chris from out of time. And you, if you can do it, you're going to do it. And I'm going to turn on my tablet right now. There's no message. <laughs> I don't know enough time. <laughs> oh, we're being silly. Mm-hmm. But I, I love his thing. I love that he shouts, it's a mystery in space, like several <laughs> times. He he just like the the more you got of him the the more you liked. He's a lot of fun. I love that poor John Stewart kind of had to put up with him. I also love that he is never straight upright. He's always like floating upside down or like to the side. Or... Sure. Why not? <laughs> Why w- wouldn't you? 
Why don't I just give up walking? <laughs> just floating around. <laughs> if I could just float around, I would. And he just comes unstuck. He was, again, I think in the original series, he was supposed to be a little bit less silly and a little more tragic. I think they kind of upped the, upped the cuteness. Yeah. But then they, like, the whole deal with Black Hammer is they made those two series, but, like, Black Hammer is the most popular thing Dark Horse has right now. Oh. So Dark Horse is on a bit of a downturn. They used to publish all the Star Wars comics. Oh, yeah, they don't have that anymore. They do not. That is published by Marvel. Mm-hmm. They used to publish the Conan comics. Now Marvel has that. Mm-hmm. They used to publish Alien and Predator comics. Mm. Marvel is coming out with an Alien comic. Mm. Because Disney owns Fox? No, Aliens, I don't think is Is Aliens Fox? It doesn't matter. Well, anyway, Marvel is coming out with an Aliens comic. Dark Horse, or Dark Horse's most popular property right now is Black Hammer. Because Hellboy doesn't come out as often, I think. But Hellboy is still published by Dark Horse. But those are like, those are their big ones right now. Whereas they used to have Star Wars. Right. That's, a, you know, that, that, that's sad. I think I'm also, I'm missing something else that they lost. Cause they, I, I feel like they used to, they used to be a number three. Mm-hmm. If I recall. And now I think they're probably like a, like fifth. I don't know that that's not in in the rhyme. I mean, first is the worst and second's the best. Third's the one with the the treasure chest, but I don't I don't know what 4 and 5 are. I'm sorry, dear. But it's, it's this is uh so they are now publishing tons of Black Hammer spin-off material about particular heroes or just things within that universe. Uh which is in some ways almost a little sad. I feel like Dark Horse really didn't do superheroes. Other than I mean, Hellboy's kind of a superhero, not really. But they didn't really do superheroes per se and now like their their bread and butter is superheroes so now we have three companies whose bread and butter is superheroes they publish lots of other stuff but uh it's just funny that that's like black hammer is is their that's their their cash cow right now i'm sorry i got distracted thinking about bread and butter (laughs) (laughs) we need to give you a carb once we're done (laughs) i would like one carb please (laughs) let's give you a piece of bread like this big But it's, I, I'm trying to think of like a lot more to say about this comic. It's just delightful. It doesn't like reinvent the wheel or anything. It it's, is. Def- it's just a fun read. Fun five issues. Yeah, like it is. It is. It is a very basic crossover, and that mm-hmm. it literally just does exactly that. Yeah, we sat down on the couch next to each other, read it at the same time. We're chuckling at a bits and talking about it together. It was fun. I think the last time we did that with the comic was Gwenpool. I think you're right. So I like it. Are we ready to get into Twitter questions? Yeah, let's do Twitter questions. All right. Our first question comes from amazing podcast question asker at Asimov underscore fangirl. Which of the characters from Black Hammer would you like to have their own miniseries? I feel like at this point, pretty much all of them have. Um, Maybe not. But... I mean, probably Gale. I really like Gale. Yeah, Gale was great. I kind of want to know more about Dragonfly. So oh, maybe fair. Dragonfly. Like, I I was very compelled by Gale's story. But if there was, like, a character that I was interested in that I wanted to know m- even more about it would because I felt like I didn't have enough, it would be Dragonfly. Yeah, Gale gets a lot in this. Because mm-hmm. she has the real tragic yeah. bit. And second question 
If Black Hammer did a crossover with Marvel, which we know is not going to happen because they don't play nice, which team and characters would you choose? Should they cross over with the Fantastic Four? I think that would be fun. Oh, that would not have been my first pick. I would, but I think it's a really good pick because they're they're kind of they're both kind of the families. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I I just assumed you would go something X related. There's just so many X people right now. I'd have there to, are. I'd have to pick a bunch. There are. You'd have to with. narrow it down, and you really don't have to pick the Fantastic no, Four because there's. They're kids. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, four is in the name. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> they should change it to Fantastic Six. People will definitely buy that. <laughs> All right. Oh, Christy, oh. are you trying to get out of this? Oh, am I trying to get out of answering? I thought I could just speak about your choices and that would be substantial. Um, let's see. What team and characters would I choose? I... I should answer these questions first because now all I can think about is how good your answer was. Yeah, it's pretty great. Let's go on to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, at Raul2099 asks, what piece of farm machinery would Batman be least prepared to handle? Uh, like, what What milks the cows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's like an automated milker. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like he'd be bad with something really basic because he's a rich kid. Oh, oh, you mean like I just mean, like a basic like plow, like that's not uh Batman cannot deal with a Missouri with a Missouri mule. Just cannot deal with them. <laughs> They're too stubborn. Uh what cro- I'm assuming what what crop would be he be unable to grow? Um What's a hard crop you think that even Batman couldn't grow? I mean, would it need to be hard? Like, I don't know. Would he just mm. really screw up soybeans? Like, <laughs> he just couldn't handle it. <laughs> he couldn't do okra because it's hard to get infested in okra unless you really like him. Mm. I mean, they turn ma- your fingers. Ma- maybe not cranberries. Maybe he's not not very boggy. I just want to see the ears pop out of the <laughs> around the cranberries. <laughs> And uh, last question from at Brawl2099. Considering Clark's farm background, what type of farm would be best suited to be purgatory to Superman? Um, Corn. Really? He's just always in cornfields. So that would be his purgatory? Oh, in pur- which farm would be best suited to be purgatory? Right, because that's what, um, what is it, rock? Rockwood. Rockwood. It's purgatory-esque. Mm-hmm. So something that would grate on him a lot over potatoes. time. Potatoes. I like that one. Although I like digging up potatoes. Yeah, you love potatoes. <laughs> uh, readers, we grow potatoes. and Growing potatoes so good, so easy. It feels like cheating. You just take some potatoes that you have left over and you just throw them in the ground when they start to sprout. And then and then you have more potatoes. You, get, you, it's, you it's just an... get to dig your hands in and you get these little, little tubers, guys. It's great. Yep. It's like it's a it's like a cheat code to get infinite potatoes. Um, but I don't know. Like if you had fields and fields of potatoes, that it might. Just Especially grow. if you like, if you didn't have any like equipment, he said to do it himself. Because you can't just yank. You you that is not the way you were supposed to get potatoes mm-hmm. at. You gotta like you gotta you gotta kind of scoop them up. Yeah, Ugh. it's real fun. <laughs> I know you love you love <laughs> potatoes. I'm just 
just getting into my happy place talking about Superman's purgatory. <laughs> You've changed so much. I feel like when I was like, let's grow crops originally, you're like, now you're like, I love potatoes. I wasn't like, eh. Were you not? I was just like, I don't want to have to be the one to do all the work to weed it and everything. True. And I don't mind weeding. Mm-hmm. But you do a lot of the work because you've come to really enjoy it. <laughs> Christy says she doesn't want to do all the weeding. And then when we're out there playing with our kids, she just kind of meanders over to the garden and just starts weeding it. <laughs> huh. All right. Next question. At Robert Secundus. If the whole cast of cold open Chris's characters were zapped into a weird setting without knowing how they got there, what would the setting be and how would things go down? Haven't we already done this? It's Olive Garden. Uh, but if it was all the characters. So all the characters, who do we have? We have you and me. Uh-huh. Uh, we have alternate future me and alternate future you. Alternate future you is so rare, though. Right. So We, we have reverse Christy, who's reverse pretty Christy. much a staple. We have uh, editor Christy. Editor Christy. Uh-huh. Uh, we have Marvel editor-in-chief Christy, who is... Uh, that's, that's still editor that's the same, Christy. Yeah, same... We had monitor tapes, Christy, uh-huh. the one time. Uh-huh. And one time we had young Christy and old Christy. Yep. Or that was future Christy, and we had a young Christy pop up. Yep. We had teenage Christy pop up. We had multi-level marketing apocalypse. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had the antipoditor. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. And reverse Christy. I think we did. Did we say reverse Christy? Yeah. Okay, so we're going to exclude the antipoditor. Mm-hmm. I love the idea of multi-level marketing apocalypse coming. Uh, so it'd have to be a place where he could do some multi-level marketing. Mm-hmm. What's a place that we would hate though? Like the the, the like the collective Chris's group would hate. Is it like a gated community with an HOA that we can't leave the gated community? And with all of our friends. Living, no, living by all of no, friends. no, that's no. not part of it. No. It's just the us and the characters going to a Black Hammer esque place. So it's got to be people we don't know. Oh, so it would be like it we don't know purgatory. any of any of our neighbors, right? And we have to pay HOA fees, and we have to mow our lawn to a certain height. And, and all we- of these people are living together, having to play it cool, including multi level marketing apocalypse. I feel like multi-level marketing apocalypse would be into this scenario. He would sell Mary Kay. It would be great. Mary Kay? Really? I mean, I, I mean, people do still sell Mary Kay, but there's a lot of other things he could be, he could be peddling. What's uh, like essential oils? Usborn books. What? Don't worry, sweetheart. You're not a woman on Facebook with children. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just... Each always like that. The idea of having to live in that kind of neighborhood sounds like hell to me, especially not being able to leave. Like all the houses have to like. You can only have white blinds. Yep, things like that. Got to pay the fees. People are real snoopy. Mm-hmm. Where else is like a what's what's like a place we hate? Where do we hate to go? Where do we hate to be? Someplace really hot and humid, so like Florida. A Florida-gated community. Oh, it would be like Celebration Florida, a place I've been to that is basically like a gated community. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hated going through Celebration Florida. You know, if any of you live in Celebration, I, this is just my personal opinion. It's mm-hmm. just a lot. <laughs> and we well, I went to the Gulf a lot as as a kid, and I enjoyed the beach, but I don't think I would enjoy being anywhere but the beach in Florida. All right, gated community. In the Florida heat. (laughs) 
Uh, at Big Red 13 asks, as a big Black Hammer fan, I'm excited to see y'all tackle this. My question, part of the fun of this is that we get to see members of the Justice League in a different light. What did you think of this aspect of the story and which character had the most interesting response? Uh, I think Batman was the most interesting because he had to be on a farm, which is a weird thing to him. So he like hung out listening to police scanner in like a town of like 700 people. So there was like never any crime. Mm. So he was like, somebody did some, some sign vandalisms or something. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. I liked casual wear Wonder Woman helping out, helping out Cyborg, giving him a pet t- pep talk. Yep. That's fair. Just kind of, it was, it was Wonder Woman kind of, kind of momming it up to the rest of the Justice League. <laughs> Justice League mom. <laughs> Give me those Wonder Woman mom jeans. What makes Wonder Woman mom jeans different than normal mom jeans? Wonder Woman's wearing them. <laughs> <laughs> Christy's having a moment. <laughs> I wonder if Sean was expecting a deeper answer than that. <laughs> I mean, like, Clark, like, that's his deal. So that wasn't that weird. Right. And poor Cyborg was all cooped up. And mm-hmm. the Flash was dead. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right. Uh, then next question from at Big Dad Energy. As they are a group of like-minded individuals living together on a farm, cut off from normal society who call each other family... Are the characters of Black Hammer a cult? No, because their needs are being met as opposed to being deprived of them. Mm-hmm. Also, they don't have like a cult leader. They are being forcibly kept there, but. But they don't like it. No, they don't like it. Most cult. Well, not to say there are cult people who hate being in a cult, but the, the point is to get them to like it. Right. Get them to want to be there. Right. So they're like. If they could leave, they would, which I think some people in, in cults definitely get to that point. But uh, that, that's not how you bring them in. You yeah. bring them in with, with, with tasty meals and, and baked goods that you post on Twitter. Christy does not mean herself. <laughs> she would never. <laughs> Come live with us. <laughs> join, join our cult. All right. Are we ready? Uh, that wraps up the last of our Twitter questions. So are we ready to get into our accolades? Accolades. All right, Chris, what was your best line from these five issues? My best line went to Gail, who very early on when Dragonfly started talking to her, she said, get bent, Dragonfly. I'm in no mood for your gothy BS, okay? <laughs> that was a lot of fun. I liked that moment. Uh, she it just, I love that introduction to her. It's like within like the first like page or two of seeing her, like we get this, this line. I'm like, oh, we know exactly who she is and what she's about. And I, I'm here for it. Yep. Uh, my best line comes from Colonel Weird. Uh, he is confronted by the Green Lantern Corps and uh, they're asking him questions, and he just says, I am afraid I do not have much to say at the moment. Goodbye. That's very and good. he just leaves. And I'm like, I want to be able to do that, like, all the time. Mm-hmm. Just like, oh, uh, this is a conversation that I feel I do not have much to say at the moment. Goodbye. This is just how I'm going to leave our Zoom calls from now on. Just drop this. So good. All right, what about your greatest hero? I gave it to Zatanna. Oh. Because she was like the only one trying to get everybody to cooperate. I like that. I like that. Um, 
She also got to transform Gale back into... Yeah, Satana did some good stuff. She showed up, didn't have much skin in the game for any particular reason, and did good things. Love Zatanna. Not not just an outfit. <laughs> not just an outfit. Uh, my uh, greatest hero I gave to Golden Gale, because... To me, she had the most to lose. Like, she she made the biggest sacrifice to make things better. That's fair. So, that to me is heroism. Like, she, as much as she fights it, she gets to the point where she says, no matter what we've been through, no matter how much we've changed, we're still heroes. Mm-hmm. And, like, this is the right thing to do, so we gotta do it. Yeah. So gotta applaud that. Way to go, Golden Gale. Yeah. Even though you're a snarky nine-year-old. Sixty-year-old. Sixty-year-old. In a nine-year-old body. What's your coolest moment, Christy? My coolest moment? I I feel like it's kind of cheating because it's a series of moments, but I just really liked the Parazone. The Parazone is super cool. It's like, I always love when comics can get real strange Mm -hmm. in the art, and that's like... I think, was it the last time we saw Mr. Mitzitz Pidlick and like whatever... um, The Dodo. mm -hmm, And like that whatever zone that was, I was like, man, that doesn't look that neat. didn't really work for me. This landed that weird sort of feeling. There were just like eyeballs everywhere and synapses and fun things. And I, I would, I, I loved it. Yeah. It was pretty cool. What was your coolest moment? Mine was the Marfaz moment where the lightning yeah. strikes and she transforms. Yeah. That was pretty cool. That was very cool. Uh, who do you give your Crusher Creel award for silly villainy to? So it's got to go to Mitzat's Pitlick, but just kind of in general, the fact that his whole plan was just like, I'm going to do a switcheroo so I can go to this other zone. Mm-hmm. He's a real goof. Uh, well, yes, he was a real goof, but he actually did not get my Crusher Creel award for silly villainy. Who got it? Uh, Starmy. <laughs> you mean Starro? <laughs> yep. That was intentional. In fact, on my page with with my award, I have <laughs> pictures of Pokemon. <laughs> if you had to guess, who came first, Starro or Star or the the Pokemon? Probably Starro. Starro was in the first Justice League appearance. So yes, but it yes, was looks, just these little star. Little... I, I'm like. He puts the stars on your face, and then you're mind-controlled. And I'm like, they're fighting Pokemon. That's what they're doing. You're silly. (laughs) They should have just thrown Pokeballs at them. Where is your Pikachu at, Flash? The Flash would have a Pikachu. He would. Wow. And a Rapidash. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. So what's your key of C? So my key of C. Oh, to remind readers, the key of C is the is the accolade that is most emblematic of something that we could see in a musical that could have a musical number. Mm-hmm. So I uh, gave mine to uh, Gail's uh, saga, her wanting to basically like this this dramatic build up to when she does do the backwards. Um, Marfaz. Uh-huh. So when she first arrive, arrives in the DC universe, um, she, you know, tries it out and she has all this like frustration and she can't make it work and she's stuck in this body. And it's like the first time she's had this glimmer of hope and it's crushed. Mm-hmm. And she just needs that, that ballad, that like frustration there to tie into like a reprise, like a really big, like, 
I am finally free. She needs that, like, finally free song. Mm-hmm. You gave yours a lot of nice explanation. Mine is just the Parazone, and I thought it would be cool if it was like that song from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory about come with me and you'll see a world of pure imagination. There needs to be a chorus line of tap dancing eyeballs <laughs> in that Perfect. number. Perfect. That's all I want. <laughs> all right. I'm going to tell you my goodest hit award for the best, the best smackaroo, the best paunch. Mm-hmm. In this comic, which is Gail and Wonder Woman do this side-by-side punch at the end. Oh, yeah. Loved it. Perfect. Yeah, that was a nice side-by-side that punch. Was my, that was a good one. My goodest hit. Uh, my goodest hit I gave to Golden Gale. Um, um, Aquaman at one point says, when they're they're trying to talk her into tra- changing back, say it. Would you just say your ridiculous magic word already, old woman? And... Uh, her response is fine, but for the record, I'm over you, Blondie. And when she transforms, she says now about that old woman crack, and she just big old pow, <laughs> right, Toggle Man. That's real good. Okay, so now our final award, the Go Down with the Ship Award, which is the characters that you most ship from this 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 uh event, this crossover. Okay. Okay. So mine, I really am shipping Gale and Dragonfly. And let me tell you why. That they kind of have that like enemies to to friends sort of vibe. Like they're 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 mean to each other. They have that bickering back and forth from your best line. And there's the bit when they're uh fighting the Starro where Gale uses an excuse like to to punch Dragonfly and it they have that sort of energy. But then there's this moment where Gail, after Zatanna's helped uh, her, she's like, and she said, you know, she said, the good witch helped me. And Dragonfly's response was just, I thought I smelled cheap magic. And like, she, it's like this cattiness of like, hey, don't like her. I'm here. Oh. And I'm like, there's a, there's something. And I'm I'm shipping it. Okay, I was reluctant to involve Gail in any ships due to <laughs> due to the fact that she's stuck in a child body. <laughs> hey, this could be this could just be a friendship. You think they'll eventually like pal it out? I think they'd be great. I think they'd be great together. I'm I'm shipping it. <laughs> Mine was actually Zatanna and Dragonfly because I liked how catty they were to each other. Oh, so to me, I interpreted the cattiness as like a, like feeding off of, hey, that's my girl, sort of. Energy. I thought that Dragonfly just did not play well with others, but Zatanna doing it back was kind of what I thought was because Zatanna is usually kind of sweet, mm-hmm. I feel like, but she was kind of catty back. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the fact that her insult was cheap hair dye, and I'm like, we cannot even see Dragonfly's hair because she's wearing a hood. Yeah, she just smells it. <laughs> what does cheap hair dye smell like? Uh, like a, like ammonia. Ugh. All right. Well. <laughs> um, I guess that's gonna do it for this episode. We covered it all in one because it was a nice, tidy, compact crossover. Yeah, and thank you to patron Sam Smith for requesting this. I really enjoyed the read. Yeah, it was wonderful. Thank you, Sam. If you would like to get a request in, please check out our Patreon page, which is in the show notes. Uh, if you'd like to give in one of those kind of one-time style donations, we also have a Kofi in the show notes. 
Mm -hmm. And if you would like to find us on the internet, you've got a couple of places where you can do so. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Chris's Pod. You can also find us at uh, comicsxf.com. That's true. We are now a part of that network along with uh, other great shows, Battle of the Atom and WMQ&A. Mm-hmm. So you can check out those shows as well. And if you want to send us one of those long-form messages, you can send that on over to Chris's on infiniteearths at gmail.com. We love those five-star reviews on iTunes, Stitcher, other places. If you give us a five-star iTunes review, we will read it out on the show. Just like we did in this episode. We did, for the first time in a bit. It's been a few mm-hmm. months. Mm-hmm. It's a new year. Send send those reviews in. Get us hopping. Let's get us noticed. If you love Chris's, wouldn't you want someone else to love Chris's? Share the love. Share the love. Tweet, the... tweet about us. Yeah, definitely tweet about us. Someone tweeted at us today. It was real fun. Yeah, that is fun. Yeah. We have a brand, sweetheart. We do. So, <laughs> next time, we are going to be covering Inferno. The X-Men crossover. Mm-hmm. It's going to take a, a few eps. Three episodes, I think we planned out. I think we planned out three. We're doing it, readers. We are. And this is another This is another patron request. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Three's probably the limit that we're going to put on patron requests. Because um, that, that's chunky. We're, we're ready to take on this, this chunky boy. Yes. And then we actually, have, we probably will have patron requests until at least like March or April. Mm-hmm. We've got quite a few. We're excited to cover them all for you, and thank you for being so generous with your donations and getting us to that point. Mm-hmm. And until next time. Slay your enemies, and all you desire shall be yours. <laughs>